Samuel chapter three through the first so that he could not see was lying down in his own place. The lamb and ran to Eli and said, down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time and he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak Lord for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord called and stood calling it as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I say to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he said, here I am. And Eli said, what is it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel, Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines. They encamped at Ebenezer and the Philistines encamped at Aphek. Okay. This is the word of the Lord. I'm Howard Brown, I'm the lead pastor here at Christ Central Church, and we continue to live stream our services and this sermon in response to the call to do our part um, to curve the possible spread of coronavirus and possibly put our neighbors and each other at risk. And, <clears throat> and one major struggle and key to this whole thing is communication, right? Like, what, what is the truth? Which healthcare person or people should I be listening to? Who is saying uh, it, right? Um, what, are they saying it for political or financial gain? What are they not telling us? Who are they anyway, right? Who can be trusted to tell us what we need to hear? I saw an article the other day that claimed that there was no coronavirus. 
Um, that this is a hoax designed to, for the government to take control of our lives. I've heard that the coronavirus is a result of bioweaponry gone awry. I heard at one point, and I was kind of happy for my own self, that black people couldn't get it, right? Should we wear a mask or not a mask? I've heard that using hand sanitizers and strong virus killing agents will just make us weaker against a real virus when it comes, that, that we are stopping our evolution as human beings and, and building our collective immune systems. And on and on, right? And we've all had to believe, had to believe, and hold on to and decide to accept and believe and entertain something and someone among all the messages and non-messages. And what we accept and, and why has driven and saved and, and, and might even, on the other side, be putting at risk the lives of those who count on us to be mama or daddy or neighbor or friend or spouse or food or Coffee provider, right? What we accept or believe will harm or help our world all based on words. Communication, a call to believe, to act. And could you imagine if communication was cut off as crazy as so much of the communication is? Imagine if it was cut off the cell phone networks, the Wi-Fi, the cable, and you just had like maybe some kind of ham radio or Morse code situation. It would be like we see here in Israel 3,000 plus years ago. Whereas verse 1 in our passage tells us that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. That there was no frequent vision. God, Wi-Fi, and cable was spotty. And so people, as the Bible tells us in the book right before this one in Judges, were left and decided to do what was right in their own eyes. And as a result, there was spiritual and Social chaos in the lives of God's people. They, they began to forget who their God was and they, that he even cared. They, they lost sight of who they were and why they were. They were beginning to believe that the whole God being their God and their being his people and all of that deliverance from Egypt stuff was by chance or at best just some kind of past history story that, that mom and them used to believe in. Belief was dying. And suffering because true trustworthy communication was failing and you can see that just by how Eli is described and caricatured by the writer Samuel in verse 2 now we've talked about how Samuel is and how the writer of Samuel is he, the writer will describe things in, in illustrative ways so that we can begin to get the sense of what is going on we can feel the atmosphere in an environment of what is going on during the time and our passage says that Eli's eyesight was failing and that he what was lying in his own place. While Samuel was lying where, the Bible says, Samuel was in the temple where the Ark of the Covenant was. The Bible is telling us that Eli, right, the spiritual leader, the, the divine network correspondent of the CDC for God's people at the time, that he's blind and deaf and ill-equipped to hear and communicate what the Lord is doing. 
He is, the Bible is describing, reposed, right? He is laying down in his faith and and heart. He's tired, right? He is not actively listening or even looking for a word or vision from God. Get this. It says he was laying in his own place. Y'all see that? He's in his spot while the Lord is somewhere else. Eli is separated and and disconnected and not in range in his heart and mind to hear from the Lord. As a spiritual leader of God's people, it meant God's people then were also blind and unexpected that they would get anything from the Lord. God was somewhere behind the clouds, veiled, unseen, and thus unrecognizable to them. And here's the problem with that. Like our own dealings right now with this COVID-19, it it isn't the the virus itself, right, that that is the most dangerous thing to people, right? It is what the virus could possibly do with our pre-existing chronic issues. Right? Not just biologically, biologically, right? I mean, this whole thing has raised up and infected our, our fears, right? It has it just put uh, prejudices and, and social lives at a new level. It is destroying us and depressing us. It is affecting our finances and jobs and relationships, right? And it's exposing all kinds of pre-existing conditions. Listen, the Bible teaches that we all have a pre-existing condition of the heart and soul. The Bible calls it sin, right? That human brokenness, that human depravity, as some people put it, in its deepest place, right? That's what it is. It's part of our fallen nature. So hear me. So that anything that comes at us in the world or, or in ourselves will endanger us because of our fallen condition. While the talking heads may only speak to the virus and this current dilemma, the Lord is actually speaking to the greatest issue, right? Our pre-existing condition of being broken in our relationship with him, and that affects everything. Notice how verse 3 says that the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out. So they had like furnishings in, in, in the tabernacle or and then eventually in the temple of the Lord. And, and each one of these furnishings, it, it, it pointed to something. It represented something. There was nothing extra in, in the furnishings of, of the Lord's place and the Lord's holy place, right? And the lamp represented God's guiding presence. This is saying that in the darkness, right, the Lord was not asleep, that he was awake, that while Eli and Israel were spiritually asleep and in darkness, God was divinely still alive, still working, right? The the light was still on for the Lord. He was working and, and divinely executing a plan to save his people that God would be doing a straight reboot as we saw in Samuel's prophecy and in the prophet when he, when he talked to Eli, that God was going to reboot by getting rid of Eli and his trifling sons and, and raise up Samuel so his people could be reached through the ministry of the word of God. 
And that need and gift of God's divine plan and communication is true for us as much as it was for them back then. And back then, in three ways I want us to see today, right? That God has called and spoken through his word first for us to know him. Secondly, in our darkness, for us to know ourselves. And finally, for us, as we're separated from God and, and confused, for us to know his redemption. God has given us his word for us to know him, for us to know ourselves, and finally, for us to know his redemption. The Bible tells us the word of the Lord was, in verse 1, rare. Right, And this, this term, word of the Lord, and I just want to kind of set this out there for us, means God's authorized communication through his authorized means and messengers. Right, So it is God's voice, and it has to come through the, the things and through the people and through the methods that God has set out. That is the word of God. Right? So the Bible, like the prophets and priests who spoke for God back then, like our own Bible, this thing, is the collection of God-authorized, confirmed words from God given so that we first can know him. Look at the story here. Samuel's a young, young dude, young buck, a priestly intern. And the Bible says that he is sleeping near the ark, right, where God's presence uh, dwelt, that, and that he hears his name called out three different times. And he assumes when he hears a voice that the per other person in the place is calling his name. It must be Eli calling me and waking me up, right? It's sleeping in the next room or something, calling him. But the Bible says that Eli, not hearing the voice himself, perceives it must be the Lord speaking and has to tell Samuel what to do kind of old school back in the day when we when God used to speak you would get up and say speak Lord your servant is right here right and he tells Samuel hey, do it this way and maybe you'll hear from the Lord right not just because the word of God was rare does Eli have to instruct Samuel but because in verse 7 it says this now Samuel did not yet Know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel did not know the Lord because why? The word of God had not been revealed to him. And then look at verse 21 at the, at the end of our passage. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh. And this is after Samuel's already speaking for God and his ministry is moving along. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. The Lord God reveals himself, right? He has given us his word so that we mere humans can know him. And knowing him means to know simply that, that and profoundly that God exists, 
right? That, that there is a Lord, that there is such thing as a personal divine God and Savior and Creator for us. To know that God is, that as Moses learned, right, that, that there is a great I am, one who exists outside of us and above us. God speaking, God's word to us and for us confirms that he is there, that he is here. And with that, not only does God's word let us know he is there, that he exists, that would just leave us being agnostic or, or deist in some way, way where we just have a God who is simply there. He's in the top office. No one's ever seen him. Nobody really gets him. He don't come down and hang with us. Knowing, when you look at the scripture, is a very rich term in the Bible. Short means that we can know God, is exist. But it also implies, as verse 21 suggests, that this is more about God's self-disclosure, right? God introducing and describing himself more than us figuring it out on our own and caricaturing, I like to put it, kind of like drawing a cartoon of God from the clues, pulling a Stan Lee, right? Making him an imaginative comic book, divine superhero. No, 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 this is God saying, know me as I've revealed me as I have made myself known because I've made myself known. This is what you need and should know about me. And everything else and anything less is human conjecture and will lead to falsehood. But this knowing also means that God has put himself out there, right? To be not just like some spectacle, or museum article behind a glass, right? That, that we gain inspiration from something on the big screen or something on the stage. But he's putting himself out there. Understand what it means that Israel would know him. He's putting himself out there to possess and own our souls and have our minds and imaginations taken by him to be captivated by the knowledge of him. God is saying his word is a... Revelation, though not everything, because you can't handle everything about him. He tells us that. But what I have revealed is what you need to know about how I am and who I am and what I like and what I honor. And trust me, people start to say, well, I don't know everything about God. Where did he come from? Well, who's his daddy? When did he start? And all this crazy Sunday school kid answers. I understand. I think about it, too. I ask myself those kind of questions. Well, Lord, and I ask him things that he ain't revealed to me. And let me tell you, there's more than enough that he's revealed that I have yet to learn based on what he want to tell me. But bottom line, here's the point. You can't truly and completely know God without knowing him through his word. Sure, we can perceive, the Bible even tells us, right? It, it gives us a little bit of credit based on how God created us. Now, you didn't even know that until God told you that. But based on how God created us human beings, he tells us that there's a little inkling of perception, just like Eli had, of who and that God is. But our pre-existent damaged imaginations and hearts won't let us take it where God wants us to take the knowledge of him, right? But his word, God has revealed himself so he can be accepted in the right way. Received as our divine father, 
King and Lord. Which leads us to our second point, that the word of God, the Bible, God's self-revelation is also the means by which we know ourselves by extension. Based on who he is, we can know who we are. The Bible tells us that the Lord audibly calls Samuel. Calls out Samuel. He don't say, hey, you, right? The song we just sang, he knows me by name. He, just, he didn't go, everybody. He said, Samuel. But that Samuel goes to Eli to say, did you call me? And Eli tells him, lay back down. I didn't call you. It must have been too much of that sacrificial meat. I don't know what, what's wrong with you, but I didn't call you. And, and, and then in verse 9, it says this. After it says Samuel didn't know the Lord because it hadn't been revealed to him. It says, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me, Eli. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came, y'all, and stood calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. And then look at verse 19. This is later in the passage. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Remember that, please. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to Israel. Eli, going back, could not see and inform Samuel who he, Samuel, was and would be before the Lord. He couldn't even, even though the Bible says that Samuel had been ministering in the presence of Eli for a long time, since he was four years old, he still couldn't tell him ultimately who and what God had called him Samuel to be. It was the word of God that told and then made Samuel who and why he was. It, it is right to say Samuel did not fully know himself and who he was and, and would not have, or, 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 or if he had, if he didn't get to know from God, he would have gotten it twisted, right? He, he may have grown to assume that he was supposed to be like Eli and his sons. That, that he was already, if you look at the passage, mimicking Eli. Eli go lay down, Samuel goes lays down, right? Just going along with what he could humanly see. The Lord hadn't called him by the word of God. Samuel would not have known how and that the God and, and how God was going to use him. In fact, Samuel was named Samuel by his mother. And in chapter one, we see that, that his name actually means God hears and heard my prayer. And Hannah's case, her prayer. What does this tell us? Samuel is because God wanted him to be who he was. That the Lord brought him into the world for 
his plans, God's plans, and from God's decision to answer and, and, and hear the prayers of Hannah and have him come in his mother's womb and be born. That it was the Lord's work that, uh, of hearing Hannah and God's answer. Samuel is God's answer. And who you and I, who we are, begins with knowing who is responsible for bringing you here and why. You are here. And I know this is, these Bible stories can be so fantastic, right? Mama praying for you. She can't have a kid for a long time. And God comes and, and she miraculously has a kid. But don't you know that every single one of you, if a miracle is described as God's desire to have you here for his glory, each and every person by the word of God is a miracle of the Lord. Why? Because you are here. Because God in heaven decided to bring you into this world. Who are you like Samuel? You are the result of a divine decision. And the word of God not only tells you that, and what's that to do with the word of God? It not only tells you that, some of you for the first time, you've never heard that, but also for those of us who easily forget that in a dark world, especially in trying times. That's why when I hear the song, you know me by name, man, I've seen that in the scripture before in Psalms, right? We, we know that God knows us by name, but when you hear it, 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 it revitalizes and revives and it kind of sets you straight on who you are. The word of God, like, it calls us, and I'm going to use this term lightly, it reordains us, right? It reorients us to the basic knowledge of ourselves, calling and claiming us sometimes in the darkness, right? Sometimes the word of God has to wake you up to remind you who you are. That we are because God said so. We spend all our lives, much of our lives, seeking to know who we are and why we are and why we're so important, trying to figure out what makes me valuable. And we try and determine and prove that by, by living for how much we can produce or accomplish or how acceptable we are. When the word of God is the place that tells us who we are because God knew us first. Before you did anything, you were a decision of God. Before anyone else knew you, God's word alone is the foundation, was the foundation of your worth and being. Before anything or anyone else, including how you might judge or misjudge yourself, the Lord had already spoken you. And there is this play and pivot on the meaning of Samuel's name as God calls Samuel. Because in, in calling, the Lord is also saying, not only did I hear, right? Samuel, you're going to be one who hears from me as I hear the prayers of my people, right? You're going to be an intercessor. You're going to be a mediator. The Lord is saying every human being was created and known first by God as those who would, here's an amazing thing, hear and know all they are from him. 
that we are created as humans, as those who would and are able to hear, right? And, and have God communicate to us from his word. And that changes everything. Because while Samuel was in the presence of the Lord, he was, the Bible says, and it makes this distinction, he was in the presence of the Lord. But first one, I think, says he was ministering before Eli. God was letting him know that later, as he heard the word, that he will now be ministering in the presence, not of Eli, but of God. Get it? Because he hears and heard the word of God. Hearing the word of God, knowing the Lord changed, hear me now, the way and why he would live his life. No longer living it for Eli, right? But for the Lord. It changed the way he would work right where he was. He didn't change jobs. Y'all see that? He didn't, God didn't give him a, a different job. He was going ahead in the job that God had already put him in. He was changed by what he heard from God in the job he was doing. You know, God wants his word to change, hear me please, how you are and who you are in the space where you are. Let me say it one more time. God wants his word to change and affect how you are and who you are in the space where you are. I say this because it is not primarily about your position and place. More often than not, what do we want from the word of God? Lord, where, give me a job. Where should I work, Lord? What's next for me, Lord? You, you, some of y'all, I mean, everybody's different. Some of y'all, y'all going down to the car dealership. Lord, should I buy this car? What color should I get? Which range should I get money-wise? And we turn into Leviticus and it says something crazy because we don't even know what we're turning to because the God's not really, his word is not always answering those questions. But what can you always know? Because it's less important, right? Where we are. Right? And, and it's more about being able to be known, right? It's more about how we live and who he has called us to be right where we are as the word tells us, right? That God's word speaks to who and how we are regardless of the circumstances. See, that's the key, right? Think about it. Samuel was in the worst circumstances. He was living with Eli and his sons. He was supposed to be bad too. He was next in line. It doesn't matter the circumstances, right? Israel was crazy. Everybody's doing what they want in their own mind. But when God calls him in that place, the place transforms because the word of God powerfully speaks to how and who he was. God's word speaks to how and where we are regardless, Right? You realize, and it made me think, Samuel's whole story, it starts with him never being able to determine where he was going to work and where he was going to live. You saw that? His mom gave him over to the priesthood. Before he was born, he's going to go in the priesthood. He didn't have a choice. 
And it's so hard for us, you know, especially us Americans, right? We, oh, we, what you gonna do? What I, you can be whatever you wanna be, right? But whatever you end up being, the word of God speaks to how you need to be and who you need to be in that space. And this is what it says. You need to be one, ministering and being in this world, but doing so driven, right? And encouraged and moved as one ministering in the presence of the Lord by the word of the Lord. So regardless, whether you're on a top office building uptown, running things, or under unemployed right now, you are in a place where God's word is necessary and needed for your soul and needed by the world around you. But like Samuel, right, for wherever and whoever God has placed you in position right now, whether again it's engineering, stocking shelves, making coughing, wiping noses and butts, the Lord speaks into that through his word. He speaks into us to speak and act into those things accordingly, not giving every direction, but that we respond to our world as those changed and affected by his word speaking to us in ways that powerfully fulfill his plan of redemption through us. Which brings us to our final point, that God calls us to know his redemption through his word. God's people were broken. We, we, we don't have to get any deeper than that. It, the, the priesthood was broken. Folks were separated from God. They did not know who they were or that God even cared. The writer of Samuel from hindsight and divine insight lets us know how bad things are. And so it makes sense, right? That what God tells the first prophet that, he, that Samuel comes in, here's the same message. Eli gonna get kicked out. His son's gonna die. This thing is gonna be over. And, 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 and it is such bad news from God that when Eli runs in and says, what did God tell you? Samuel's like, look, dog, this bad news for you. Right, he's reluctant. He don't want to tell his mentor. You know what? You, 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 you done. Right? It's, it's kind of interesting, right? That the good news of God's word, the message of redemption, is disheartening news. Which is that we have a pre-existing condition called sin. And this world, this evil forces, will have its way with you and will eventually destroy and condemn under God's divine justice. I don't want to hear that, right? That we are broken, that we are like Eli, right? We are in our own way and are tempted every day because of our sin condition to move further and further away from the Lord into our own place. I'm diabetic and type two and struggled with some pressure, blood pressure issues. Got that sugar and that pressure, right? As they say. My numbers are way down, though. I managed well. But it was a punch in the gut, right? When I'm reading and it says, here are the most high-risk people, right, for get this virus doing something bad to you. And in the list, diabetes and hypertension. Great! I was so mad. I didn't want the information I was looking for to include my issue, right? I didn't want to know I was broken. I didn't want to be one of those people. I wanted to be like them athletes or, or young 20-year-olds. Yep, we got it, right? Where are you going? Starbucks, I got it, right? Where are you going? Going for a jog. I got it, feeling a little weak, but I'm okay. I wanted that to be me. But the news was, no, fool, you're the one who is up for the greatest risk. 
And guess what? I accepted. I was needy. And it changed the way I lived. Ironically, the hard truth freed me. God's word speaks about his salvation and his grace as a story of bad news, broken news for me and you, but it shows us that we need the God who speaks to our condition and that our plans and fixes for your life will not save you outside of God's spoken and given word and plan to care for and save those and call those to be his. Anything else is futile. Had this link on CNN website and they call out frauds, little video link. And all, they were like all kind of fraud stuff coming out, right? And um, offering fake medicine and fake hope, right, during the coronavirus. And somebody sent me a video just the other day about somebody saying God's only talking to them and this is what he's saying. All kind of stuff's coming out. And I was watching it and there there he was, our very own charlatan, Jim Baker, right? To deal with the coronavirus, selling silver oil, right? That you're supposed to drink, right? And that's supposed to deal with some stuff, right? And the guy was like, that ain't happening, right? The medical guy was like, nope, that's bad news for those who bought it, right? And they were hoping in that. But it is good news for everyone, including those who were fooled, because it was truth that, was, that said, this is a waste. This is dangerous. This is wrong. This will not fix you. Stop it for your own good. And God's word of redemption for our brokenness says and continues, stands to remind us over and over of the same thing. And sometimes I think that's why we stay away from it. We want to live in our fantasy. We want to be all right. I stopped reading the stuff when I read all them pre-existing. I'm like, nah, that ain't me. I imagined I was somebody else when it was clear the doctor was saying, no, this is you. But the bad news is good news so that God can do, because God is saying, I'm doing a new thing, a saving thing, a love thing in our lives. You see, the key to all of this word and hearing God thing was for God's people to know their bad news for their pre-existing condition, that for it, God was coming. That God was sending and revealing himself to be their savior and constant help. They're in our rescuer, their vaccine, y'all, their anecdote, their booster shot for human brokenness and separation from being in relationship with the Lord. Look at verse 19 one more time. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And it says here, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. You see what the Lord does with the ministry of his word? God validated and authenticated his words by giving and having it come through a real person to the place of human suffering, hearing, and existence. Why is this important? God's word is not a signal that you have to get spiritually high enough to catch, right? That you got to have all the right equipment to get spiritually there to get it. But God's word has become human Enough, the Bible is saying, to spiritually catch and reach us. 
And he did this through Samuel at Shiloh and does it now, not at Shiloh through the priesthood, but in the scriptures, in the word of God, brought in your churches and in your Bible studies and community groups, even ones on Zoom, through those God has made himself known to. You see, the word of God is life-changing and powerful for Israel. And now as because God's word is more than letters and words and phrases and stories. But in Jesus, you heard that? But in Jesus, like we get a glimpse and foreshadowing of in Samuel and his ministry, God's word came to us in the flesh to be exactly what it is. God revealing, God showing us who we are, God saving us, come in the flesh. It happened in the Lord Jesus. He is like the earthly router and transmitter of God's word. God's calling us. But not only that, but as Samuel names suggests, Jesus, God and his word and will come in the flesh means that God has heard our calls on him. That we have a savior that hears and knows our brokenness. And God has answered with this living word that this relationship with God is not just one way, but the way we know God has heard us. And, and, but, but God, and God speaks to us like he has heard us and knows us, unlike anything or anyone else you could turn to. You know, it's bad in a relationship if you start communicating like you didn't hear or know the person, right? That's one major issue for some preachers, right? I keep hearing. Why are you answering, why are you giving answers and ain't nobody asking that question, right? God knows and speaks as someone who is one of us. You know that while Samuel's name means God hears, Israel's name means God prevails, as in prevailing over the bad news. Remember we talked about God confirming his word, authenticating it? Two things confirm that God spoke to Samuel, right? That he would prevail over their brokenness. That the judgment that would happen to Eli and his sons would happen as promised, and that his words are not falling to the ground, that all coming true would come true through the ministry of Samuel. How do we trust the word of God as being the way to know God, know ourselves and know God's redemption? We look at the cross. Look at and remember what Jesus did. For our sins and separation from the Lord and his word, his voice, like Eli and his sons, Jesus said something similar to what Eli said in verse, here, verse 18 on hearing the bad news. When he hears the bad news, he says, let the Lord do what seems good to him. Our Lord Jesus, on a night he was betrayed, said, not my will, but yours be done. And for our sins, he died. God canceled him so that when he rose again, it would be confirmed that God's word was alive and true and right and good so that we would know that he hears us like Samuel and answers and prevails over all our issues like Israel. It is time to cancel our other subscriptions as informing us and subscribe and prescribed, right? And for some of us to renew our lapsed prescription and subscription 
to the Lord, the one who lives, is the one with us and in us, who hears us and speaks to us for our pre-existing condition through his word so that we can know him, know ourselves, and know his redemption. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that what we see in Jesus is the affirmation and confirmation that God speaks to our darkness, to our pre-existing conditions, to our sin, to the lack of knowledge of who we are and who you are. Thank you, Lord, for sending your prophet your priest, your king in Christ so that we can believe the word of God, so that we can know God speaks. Lord, right now in the lives of your people, it's hard to believe communication, but the lack of communication, Lord, has not stopped our desperation. We're hurting. we desperate for answers. We're des desperate for for security and comfort. Lord, we thank you that all the sins in the world, like Eli and his sons, cannot stop you from bringing that comfort through your word. Lord, I pray that this week we would turn to the scriptures. I pray this week, Lord, that we would avail ourselves of, of all the opportunities given um, through the ministries out there online and prayer groups that are at happening daily, Lord, and the different Bible studies that are happening on Zoom, Lord, and, and, and devotional books that are out there, Lord. Help us to listen to what you were saying so that we be more apt to share with you what we were feeling. Help us, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.